Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway in Portland, Maine. We'd love to have you join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., currently on Zoom and broadcast live on Facebook. Visit our website at hopegateway.com to learn more. Whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. Words from the Gospel of Matthew. As soon as the meal was finished, he insisted that the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the people. When the crowd dispersed, he climbed the mountains so he could be by himself and pray. He stayed there alone late into the evening. Meanwhile, The boat was far out to sea when the wind came up against them and they were battered by the waves. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. They were scared to death. A ghost, they said, crying out in terror. But Jesus was quick to comfort them. Courage, it's me. Don't be afraid. Peter suddenly bold said, Master, if it's really you, Call me to come to you on the water. And he said, come ahead. God's word to the people of God. I want to think together today about how we move faithfully forward. Not so much in the details of the journey. though that is important because our history shapes us. And not so much in the organizational aspects because that collateral stuff can overwhelm us and maybe even obscure our focus. I want us to invest a few minutes centering upon what it means to be heading faithfully forward and what it will take for us to do that. Perhaps it would be helpful to break down the call faithfully and forward and maybe start with the second word first, forward. We pretty much know that direction from early awareness. Contrary to what my mother told her first high school class when she was right out of Harris Teachers College, I have eyes in the back of my head. We can only really look forward in only one direction. Where do toddlers want to go forward and surprisingly faster on their short little legs than parents and grandparents can keep up with their long legs and sneakers too? While some of the action on the basketball court is sideways, most of the energy is forward, fast break, lob, dunk. Self-disclosure, Diane and I are rabid basketball fans, Duke basketball fans. We have a Coach K autographed basketball, signed poster, and several blue sweatshirts that are about to come out for the new season. Cars have large windshields, but only tiny mirrors so that we can see what's in front of us more widely than what's in our rear view. Of course, moving forward is sometimes messy and often an expedition into the unknown. In contrast with what we've already experienced is behind us, aware of the details of our past moving forward is a journey into the yet to be revealed. Where's the next turn? What will my great niece play in the fall concert? And when will we be back together in 509? 
the struggles across denominations, including the United Methodist Church and the Reformed Church in America are about inclusiveness and moving forward toward embracing and becoming God's kingdom. Traditionalists rest in the past, the known, the exclusive, the rigid frameworks of what they've already experienced and often don't wanna change. Alternately, progressive voices are forward-looking and are willing to tread awkwardly through a lot of unknowns that are to be revealed. And that's okay because as the Holy One said, look, I am making all things new. So for us, Hope Gateway is the forward direction in which we are headed. And just how are we headed in that direction? Faithfully. And why faithfully? Simple answer. Jesus invites us to come ahead. Jesus once invited another to come ahead. For him, the moments prior to the summons were both real and metaphor. His journey along with his companions was challenging, actually frightening. They were enduring a dark night of their souls. The usual experience was being tossed away. Would they even survive was a very real question for them. The band of disciples and Jesus journeyed to the uppermost region of northern Israel, to the Sea of Galilee. Jesus needed to get away from the lethal reaction to being a person of God. John the Baptist, the one who had announced that the Holy One of God was right there in their midst, had so angered the powers that be, specifically the political powers, that he had been arrested and killed. And though he had slipped away, people found Jesus. Many people walked in great distances to come to where he was because they needed him. They had hope and faith in him. When he saw them coming, Jesus was overcome with pity and he healed their sick. Taking the liberty to jump ahead in the biblical story, I'd like for us to rest and wrestle for a minute with what happens next. Jesus insists that the disciples get into the boat and head off to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Jesus blesses the people, probably 10,000 or more, and then sends them on their way. Jesus climbed the mountain so that he could be by himself and pray. We learn that he stayed there alone late into the night. Meanwhile, while Jesus is alone in the presence of God on the mountaintop, just as Moses had been during his encounters with God, the disciples are now far out to sea, and the wind came up against them, and they were battered by the waves. As Jesus prayed on the mountain, his followers, including Peter, were in real fear that they might not survive the night. Everything that was happening to them was beyond their control. They were overwhelmed. These moments make me think about the Hope Gateway journey over these past few years. The faith tradition that we'd called home, with which we'd been affiliated, was crashing against who we are. Many of the voices on the floor of the General Conference in Portland in 2016 and in 2019 from the former home field of the Cardinals football team in St. Louis made the majority vote approved, harshly exclusionary, punitive rules of the worldwide gathering of the United Methodist Church anathema to us. Through our tears, 
from my fellow communicators sequestered in the sixth floor press box in the stadium, all the way to the folks at 509, we agonized at what had happened to the church. It wasn't our church anymore. Was it even still church? The storm was raging all but capsizing Jesus' community in the sea and our community on Wabanaki land. In the fourth watch, or early morning, Jesus came down from the mountain, walked right through the roiling waters, and headed straightway to the boat. Courage, he said to the disciples, it's me, don't be afraid. Other versions of the scripture read, I am, instead of, it's me, I am, being the reminder that the living presence of God had come to them in their greatest hour of need. And when he said, don't be afraid, we remember other times when the soothing words of the Holy One blessed them with peace be with you. And the explicit reminder, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Peter, the most vocal of the lot, got full of himself. Suddenly bold, Peter challenged Jesus as if to say, oh yeah, prove it. If you're really who you say you are, call me to come to you out on the water. Can't you just hear the disciples' reaction? <gasps> Looking the other way and whistling, or maybe wanting to go up and tap Peter on the shoulder and say, uh, Peter, uh, Peter. But Jesus is okay with that, though. He even says, come ahead. When we used to say, time to put up or shut up. Peter would have benefited by hearing Jean Knight's question in her 1971 R&B single, Mr. Big Stuff. Mr. Big Stuff, who do you think you are? Mr. Big Stuff, who do you think you are? If nothing else, Peter was full of himself, at least for a minute. He jumped out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. Mr. Confidence was the man until he looked down at the waves churning beneath his feet and he lost his nerve and started to sink. Now, I want to allow for an alternate possibility. Maybe Peter was suddenly bold because he was confident that he could do whatever Jesus asked of him. When Jesus called Peter to come ahead, it might just have been possible that Peter believed that he could do precisely that, do exactly what Jesus did, make his way across the troubling waters as the Holy One had when he came to save the disciples in their distress. But then when there was a challenge, when things got rough, literally got rough, Peter's confidence waned and he was overwhelmed with doubt and unbelief. But either way, Jesus is gracious, understanding, loving. All through the gospels, there are stories of second chances Zacchaeus, the tax collector, the woman Jesus met who had put herself in a compromising position. And even from the cross, Abba, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus didn't hesitate. He reached down and grabbed Peter's hand. Jesus saved Peter's life. Remember the Colombo TV series? Peter Falk played a semi-bumbling detective always dressed in a crumpled trench coat. 
He'd interview persons of interest. And just when they thought they had outsmarted Columbo, he'd stop and say, uh, just one more question. That was always the shortest. And that was always the most important. After Jesus grabbed Peter's hand, pulling him from the angry waters, he was asked, Jesus was saying, uh, just one more question. And the most important one, faint heart, what got into you? Jesus wasn't after why. Jesus had asked the tough guy question, is it really you? And if it is, prove it. Or the overconfident question, call me to come to you. Jesus was asking Peter, why did you hesitate? What happened to your faith? Why did you stop believing that if I call you into something, you won't be able to make the journey? Wayne Dyer said, if you believe, it will work out. You'll see opportunities. If you don't believe, if you believe it won't, you will see obstacles. We've been invited to go faithfully forward, forward into the future. The uncertainty, the yet to be that is still to take shape and come into focus. Faithfully, because we believe the Holy One who calls us to come ahead is there, always there, accompanying us whether we recognize him as the disciples did when they finally said of Jesus, this is it, you are God's son for sure, or not. As Mother Teresa says, often we meet Jesus in his most distressing disguises. Dyer says, you become what you think about. Are we a community capable of moving faithfully forward? In the fashion of the little engine that could, we think we can, we think we can. Or to put it another way, when we lose our nerve and start to sink, like Peter did, we can pray as the father of the child that Jesus healed said, I believe, help my unbelief. I believe that we can move faithfully forward to you. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. To hear more about Hope Gateway and to discover how together we can do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, visit our website at hopegateway.com.